Hello everyone, welcome to Bunker Mania Wrestling. I am Jeremy Graves. This is Tom Limbry. We're going remote this time rather than in the car studio, just because, you know, life works out in fun ways like that. But it is the week of AEW All in London. We are recording this on Wednesday, the 23rd of August. And Tom, it's been a while since we've been able to do a podcast because, like I said, life. But we just wanted to have a little bit of a chinwag and talk about All in, quite frankly, because I'm well excited for it. How about you? Yeah, I can't wait for it either. Like, it sort of crept up on me a bit because of the things that have been going on. But I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday. Just hope the weather holds out. <laughs> I know, right? You aren't joking. And folks, if you are a first-time watcher, be it on YouTube, first of all, hi YouTube, or you're listening on your audio podcast platform of choice, thank you very much for giving the show a chance. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, why not hit the subscribe button and tell a friend? And if you're on YouTube, why not let us know in the comments what you're thinking ahead of All In, be it the build to the show, be it if you're excited about it, if you've got any gripes, let us know, because people have opinions, and I'm curious to hear them, quite frankly. So, Tom, there's been a lot of chatter online when it comes to All In. Personally, I'm genuinely really excited for it, in particular on Dynamite last week when they started announcing the Stadium Stampede match, for example, and a couple of other things. It just kind of all came together, and I thought, yeah, I'm well excited for this now. Especially when they announced Ibushi and such, like the six-man tag with Ibushi. It's just like, that's going to be great. I'm actually just really, really excited for this. And though you could argue the build could have been better from a long-term perspective. Honestly, we were talking about this off-air, this isn't uncommon for AEW to kind of leave things till, we'll say, the last minute, but by AEW standards, we actually pretty much know a lot of the car two weeks ahead of the show, which by their standards is actually pretty good. Well, to be fair, they have been building this for a while. Like, mm. it, it's just not... You sometimes don't know, and especially with having two pay-per-views, back to back you, you weren't sure what was going to end up on what hmm. but like i think they have been building it for a while i think it's just a case of them sort of solidifying the end bit so we know that hmm. that's going to be on all in this is going to be on all out um but when they announced the merger and cm punk before i mean i was kind of excited for that i screamed like a little girl not gonna lie yep. um <laughs> but um i mean all this stuff with i mean we haven't done one of these for a while because of stuff mainly to do with me but um the MJF and Adam Cole stuff has been absolutely spot on. So good. And, and I think that has helped the build for this this show. Mm. So I just hope that it gets the time that it deserves and we get the match that I think we're going to get. Well, ma- matches, plural, because we've got both of them now, haven't we? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, let's, yes, let's, let, let's focus on that for a minute. like Because the whole MJF, Adam Cole tag team thing... The fact that they started off hating each other, they had to team together, and it's just gradually become this, just this wonderful thing to watch every single week. I've had an absolute blast watching this tag team become just great friends, just the the utter ridiculousness of it, while also being incredibly compelling, and you know at some point it's going to crumble, but when and where is it going to crumble and how? It's been so good. But to be fair, which way is it going to crumble? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the way the way it's built, I kind of feel that like Adam Cole is going to get the Kingdom and Roderick Strong to come out and help somewhere along the way on Sunday. But that's just my feeling on that. So in a weird way, I think it's going to be the other way around, where I think it's actually probably going to be MJF with the Kingdom. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That but, can um, go that way as well. 
Yeah, but I th- the biggest curveball in this entire thing, I mean, you could argue them not winning the tag team titles from FTR was a big curveball, but you kind of had a feeling the logical direction was for them to not win it, even though it was so damn good and you could imagine them being the tag champs. But then suddenly Adam Cole saying, I want to win the ROH tag titles. That promotion means a lot to me and whatnot. And that was just the biggest curveball saying we're going to be on zero hour by the sound of it, they're going to be the first match on it as well, just from kind of little musings that have been going around. I think it was mentioned last week, and again, after yesterday's announcements, yeah. I think it is, and from what they were saying, like, I think it's going to be the only match on Zero Hour. Yeah, because for context, folks, Tony Khan did like a media call yesterday, and he sort of mentioned in passing that MJF was the first match on All In, now he's going to be main eventing, and sort of mentioned he's going to be the first match on All In as well. That was kind of intimated, which, given they've only announced one match for Zero Hour, I I, I think there will be at least one more match on Zero Hour, because there's a heck of a load of AEW talent, which at the moment aren't on this show. That being said, we've got lots of multi-person matches, but there are many, many more people you can think of who would just... It would be great to just see them be at Wembley. But given that this show is going to be five hours, seemingly including zero hour, how much ultimately can you include? Well, this is this is the point. This is this is kind of where it's detrimental to AEW because they've got so much talent. Where do you fit everybody on? And, and also, like, where... How do you fit the people that deserve to be on there and then the people that have not been there long and... You know, it, it's a structure of like who needs to go on it. I mean, I'm really pleased Swerve Strickland and AR Fox are on. I'm so happy for them. Not not just for what they've done in AEW, but for like what they've done before AEW and especially AR Fox. So be, that match would definitely be interesting and it could be potentially one of Sting's last matches and probably his last match in the UK, I would imagine. Mm. And that's, that's another thing as well. They get to be on All In wrestling in a tag match let alone a coffin tag match with yeah, sting in a stadium like yeah. if you'd have had that on your bingo card at the start of the year for predictions i don't think anyone could have predicted that not in a bad way just in a hypothetical way what's the most random thing you can think of i don't think many people if any would have had that on their bingo card and i mean he can still go to a high level as well i mean mm-hmm. i mean he's not having 60 minute classics with rick flair like he was in the 80s but like he can still have a match Hmm. It's not, you know, it's not uh, Danielson and Okada, but it's like, it's still a good match. Like, it's hmm. still Sting, like, so, yeah. Yeah, so w- what have you thought about the build to that match? Things we're talking about it in general. I I absolutely loved the, the sort of guerrilla-style filming thing they did at, at Nick Wayne's house when they attacked him in the ring and whatnot. After you? Now, now, oh, well, okay. I, I'm just going to bring something up here, which I meant to send you the other day. Okay. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's uh, Darby and Sting going to AR Fox's school in Atlanta. They showed a little bit of this on a... Was it Collision or Dynamite? It was one or the other. They did show it happening. Yeah, yeah, I got a funny thing. They also showed a bit of it on Rampage, but I can't quite remember. Hmm. Um, Some some of the shows um, blur together at this point, let's be fair. It does, yeah. Uh, So, um, yes, they they turned up there and beat up AR Fox, which was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been decent, and I mean it shows what Swerve Strickland can do, and what Darby can do if you take him out of the just straight wrestling element of the show. Mm. And um, I, 
and Swerve Strickland over the last few months has definitely elevated from, you know, just being in matches to being in like one of the bigger matches and storylines going forward into all this. I mean, you think about Swerve's direction from earlier this year when he had like the, the mogul. Uh, what, what were they just called? Was it just the moguls? I can't remember. The mogul affiliates. That was it. He had the mogul affiliates, and that let's just call it like it is. Just kind of fell flat on its ass after a while. Not not really through any want of trying. It's just there was like the endless feud with Keith Lee, which still technically has not been resolved. And then eventually they had that tag match where Parker Boudreaux was in there and that sort of didn't look particularly great. And then Trench just disappeared off the face of the planet. He's been released, hasn't he? Oh, has he? I hadn't heard that. So Yeah, quite a while ago. I, I think that was the wrong way to go with that, to be honest. I mean... I know we've gone slightly off topic, but anyone that's in one of these no, just, knows that's kind of a thing. Um, to be fair, like I think that was the wrong way to do it. And when they started doing the thing he's now doing with Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, it's a much better idea. And the Gates of Agony need to be a bit more featured on the TV. But like, um, the stuff he's doing now is much more watchable. And, and I, it is enjoyable to watch. It's not just... Swerve losing in four minutes to Action mm. Andre. Nothing against Action Andre, but you know, it's there's more meaningful stuff to him doing what he's doing. Hundred percent. And the Mogul Embassy as a group is actually really solid. At yeah. first glance, you may have thought, Oh, okay, that's a weird direction, but then you look that you like you said, got the gates of agony, you've got Brian Cage in there. And also a, ran oh, go on. There's another one that needs to be featured a lot more. He, he, he is amazing. He can do so many things for the size he is, his build, that he can fly, he can have a good match, he can he can have several types of matches. So hopefully they build this helps build him in a bit more as well. Hundred mm, percent. And the Mogul Embassy is just a really fun thing to watch in general. You've also got Prince yeah. Nana being Prince Nana. As he can be, which is great. But like you say, the way that Swerve has elevated himself, and now with the addition of AR Fox in there, it makes complete sense. Fox and Swerve as a tag team is freaking great. And I mean, they've got history. If you know about Lucha Underground before, and I mean, I used to watch it. Uh, and no, for, 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 those, for those listening, Tom, give us like a Cliff Notes version of the history there. Well, uh, Swerve Strickland was there uh, as Killshot for a. Mm. For a Near, near enough to the beginning uh, and he absolutely killed it like as that character which then got him more recognized that character got him more recognized than actually being swerve strickland mm. and then ar fox came in i can't remember what season because they had seasons yeah um i think it was towards the back end but him and swerve strickland had like a special death match and it was probably one of the best matches Lucha Underground ever put on and um, for the pure fact that they just went nuts with everything is that the sh is that the match where like there were loads of clips just going utterly viral of the, the stuff they were doing pretty much yeah and uh, that that got Swerve Strickland noticed I mean what he was doing there was getting him noticed that he got noticed mm. I'm trying to emphasize where it was on the ladder mm. uh, but he he got himself over by being allowed to do what he wanted to do and then he kind of got stymied where he went after that 
for now, I think this is going to be some of his best stuff if carried on in the right way, which I would imagine it will be. Yeah, and the fact it's built to this tag match, which uh, we're also now getting Joker's Sting, which is quite a random change of direction, but I have zero issue with that because from my perspective, Tom, the last time Sting was in the UK at, uh, at a wrestling show, look at that, is, is that the, is that the uh, San Diego exclusive figure there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> be jealous, folks, be jealous. But the last time he was at a at a wrestling show in the UK, as it were, I'm pretty sure it was the TNA show at Wembley where he wrestled there. And I think he came out with a black cricket bat because I vividly remember this and just loving that little touch. Um, vaguely, I don't know. I can't remember yet. yet yeah, really I, I can't remember if night. TNA may have been re fully rebranded as Impact Wrestling at that point, but it was when they definitely did Wembley Arena one time and Sting was there. I vividly remember that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not actually sure if I was even there, to be quite honest with you. Uh, there you I, go. I, yeah, so, in terms of other matches on the show, we're just going to sort of just go over some of the, the currently announced matches, folks. You've got the Bullet Club on your t-shirt there, Tom, so I think that's a fair segue. We are going to have a six-man tag, which is the Bullet Club gold duo of Jay White and Juice Robinson teaming with Kanosuke Takeshita, going up against the Golden Elite Trio, of Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, if you, it, again, it's one of those matches like you didn't know you wanted to see, but once you saw the graphic, you're like, yeah, I probably need to see that. And like, I mean, again, it's only had two or three week build, but if you actually look into the match, there is feuds that stem back to New Japan, yeah. Ring of Honor, that go back six or seven years. So, I mean, if you've only watched AEW and you think, oh, they just chucked that match together, they might have done, but at the same time, if you know the history of the six people in the match and where they've come from and what they've done, you kind of realise it probably needed to happen in some way, shape or form, and this is probably the best sort of shape or form to do it in. Yeah, and you kind of always had an inkling that around either All In or All Out, we were going to get some kind of match with Omega and Takeshita, just from the whole Don Callis, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole Don Callis thing. And the fact it was set up following quite an interesting setting of an interview, like at Daily's place with JR, and then them yeah, being attacked weird. and whatnot. It was a bit weird. But at the same time... Oh, go on. I think it was done that way, and with all due respect to Jim Ross, because Jim Ross lives in Jacksonville, and his health... Is, is that where he actually lives now? I did not realise well, that's where I, he lives. I know he has a place there, uh, hmm. and I think it was so... I mean, Kenny doesn't live far away. Hmm. So... I think it was done so JR doesn't have to travel. Which much. is absolutely fair, given the health problems he's been having. And I mean, he's just got uh, all clear on his cancer. So, Amazing. Because um, he, he had a cancer scare last week or two. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think that was why it was done there. I mean, it was pretty random. I'll give you that. But, like, yeah. but, but the actual beat down, though, like, it made sense that Takeshita would attack him there and that Don Callis would show up. It was just the fact that suddenly Jay White and Juice Robinson were there as well. That was kind of the random part of it. But like you say, when you then factor in the New Japan background on things, Ibushi and Jay White have had some stuff involved as well. Juice Robinson's been in New Japan as well. Hangman Page has done some bits and bobs with them as well, probably in the ROH days and all New Japan. It all makes sense if you dive deep enough but just as a match on its own, you look at that match graphic, like you say, and you're like, yeah, I'm well up for this. This is going to be I great. Mean, I mean, if you were going to be like, 
I mean, if you say we were chucking a card together and you were given so many names and you looked at those six guys, you'd be like, yeah, that's probably an all-star tag team match, regardless mm-hmm. of if there is history there or not. So, I mean, the fact that they're doing it is brilliant. So, I mean, if you if you don't know the history, just go and have a look before Sunday. Yeah, and also, just to, to put it quite plainly, when Hangman Page did what I'm now going to call that infamous backstage segment of his, following all the talk of him being told he's not allowed in the building, which we aren't going to delve into on here, but all that stuff. But when he did that interview, and he sort of would just said, so you know what, all in Wembley, going to have a six-man tag match. It's going to be Kenny Omega and two of his partners. And there's me thinking... Okay, well, Omega's, you know, the logical one, him and Paige, you know, okay, but who's, what other partner are they referring to? Like, because the Bucks are already wrestling. I hadn't put two and two together. He was going to say Ibushi. And when he just suddenly said Enkota Ibushi, I just thought, one, oh my God, I get to see Ibushi wrestle in a freaking stadium. He's probably going to try and jump off the Wembley arch knowing him. And the second thing was just, yes, that match sounds excellent. I am so up for it. I uh, unfortunately already knew it was going to happen. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I'd already been told. So, but it was still a good way of doing it. Let's don't get mm. me wrong. And like, um, yeah, I just thought while you were talking, um, Sammy Guevara is not on the show, is he right? He is not yet. No, because part of me reckons, and this might be a good little segue, actually. That this that he'll probably get involved in the Jericho match somehow, or he may be involved in Stadium Stampede, one or the other. But I don't see him being aligned with the Blackpool Combat Club, quite frankly. Yeah. Okay. But uh, well, you know, let, let's talk about Jericho and Osprey then for a sec. I think that's a, a fair segue, given it's all Don Callis related stuff. I'm worried about this match. Okay, so the, the, keep that thought. And, in your and, and here's the reason. Okay, jump Sorry. straight in then. Go on. Go on. Right. Well, uh, for people that don't know. Osprey is wrestling Saturday for Revolution Pro Wrestling at the Copper Box. Go and check that out while we're on the subject. He's wrestling against Shingo, like a dream. Well, this match, is my point. This is my point. He's wrestling against Shingo from New Japan. Now, fingers crossed, but just hope Osprey doesn't get injured. Like, it just, when that match was announced, because I kind of knew that was coming, and I think me and you had probably discussed that a long time ago, hmm. uh, I was like, Oh, fair enough. Wrestling Shingo the night before as well, like your grief. Um, so I'm just a bit worried, but at the same time, really excited because I think it's going to be like one of the generational sort of, you know, the older generation against the newer generation matches where it's. And I mean the stuff with Don Callis as well and Takeshita that always helps. So. And this and this is the thing that adds to it is that. Because this match was rumoured, was it like a month or so ago? There started being a lot I think of things it goes online. Back a bit further than that, actually. I think me and you discussed this the last time we saw each other. Yeah, because I know we, when we did the early All In Predictions show, we sort of mentioned a little bit on there, like perhaps New Japan talent being involved and such. And I think the Shingo match had just been announced as well. Yeah. So we, we may do a separate video, be it before All In or after the fact, kind of looking back on our early predictions and kind of you know discussing that. Because I think that might be a fun little callback thing to do. But there was talk online, and I can't remember exactly when, but the rumour started going around Will Ospreay was going to wrestle Jericho. And from what I remember, there was just this massive groundswell of people going, why Why is that match happening? Why in like a negative way? And, I'm going to be honest. Okay. I was one of those people. When I first heard it as well, my initial thought was, 
okay, not exactly what I would... If I had, like, a dartboard, that's not the dart I would... That's not the person I would aim at to, fa- to face Osprey. Let's put it that way. Well, like if you... You know what I mean? If you had to pick someone at random, I wouldn't. But the thing is, though, and I remember speaking... I can't remember if at this point we were doing the podcast together or if we just had this conversation offline, but going back to the Iron Man match with MJF and Danielson, which you were at in person at Revolution, I remember... Oh, was that, that in San Francisco? Yes. Oh, yeah. Good, good there you go, yeah. I'm glad I remember this yeah. stuff. But, um, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but I remember going into that match, I was just thinking, oh, I've got to su- I almost treat it like I've got to survive a 60-minute match with MJF. And it was one of the best freaking matches, like, ever. It's one of my favourite matches of all time. Me, personal opinion here. But no, one but of my- I'm just saying, there's only me and you that know the story here, but I left half the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but, I, but but that aside, we may come back to that another time. But um, but that aside, I just remember thinking after that match, you know what? I went into that match. I won't say dreading it, but I was more thinking about I've got to watch an hour long match. That's how I went into it. And since then, I've gone. You know what? I'm just gonna trust AEW. Like, there's yeah, a, no, I agree. They put together great stuff. Just it doesn't matter necessarily how I feel about it. I can perhaps like in the case of Jericho and Osprey, think okay. It's not what I would have picked, but I want to see how we get there. And I just want to be in the moment with stuff. And I think this is a perfect example of that, is that Jericho is a really smart wrestler. Osprey is obviously a really smart wrestler as well, but his ability is insane. But Jericho's matches have been pretty darn good this year on the whole, overall. So I am very much, I'm looking forward to this match, more perhaps so from an intrigue point of view. Because the way they set it up, at Forbidden Door, there was that kind of little thing of Don Callis and Will Ospreay having perhaps a little bit of a business deal. And as soon as that rumour started online of Jericho and Osprey, you kind of thought at the time Callis was trying to get Jericho to join him. And it's like, okay, I think I can see where this is going to go. And I'm fine with it. Just from like a business deal point of view, it just it makes sense. But like you said, the match itself is is really unique. Like, two different generations of wrestler, what the heck are they going to do? The fact Jericho is also going to be performing himself out there with Fozzie, which I've said to you a number of times off-air, I called was going to happen months ago, so... I think I think as soon as it got announced, you text me, either then or the next day. Like, whenever this was back in March, wasn't it, or April time. So, th- th- this was the thing. This. this was the thing. Like, Jericho announced that Fozzie were going to do a show the fright that two days before all in in london and i immediately text you and said i bet you fozzy perform jericho out to the ring so he can say he has played wembley stadium not in like a cynical way just because to me it's like why would you miss that opportunity but also i thought that and this match is just gonna be so intriguing like what are they gonna do is it just gonna be plunder everywhere is it just gonna be a big brawl which given we've got stadium stampede match which we'll get onto in a few moments I don't know if it will be. Is Don Callis just going to be relentlessly involved? Of which, quick sidebar, that segment with Don Callis and Jericho on Dynamite last week when he revealed like the picture of the beheaded, the beheading of, of Jericho and stuff, that segment was so good because Don Callis is a fantastic, stupid heel. Like, why would you put that picture in the ring, quite frankly? He didn't believe Jericho was going to join him. It was just such good fun. And that's what I think this match is going to be. It's just going to be good fun, no matter how ridiculous it ultimately ends up being. 
I mean, I don't know how many matches are actually on the match card. I believe it's eight or nine. Uh, there are currently eight, I believe, not including zero hour. Let me double check. You, you carry on talking. I'll quickly check. Well, my, my point was going to be, like, they're trying to fit eight matches into four hours, basically, since still mm. Our time, English time. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping that that match gets enough enough time but like i don't want it to go on too long do you see what uh, i mean nine sorry sorry nine including zero hour okay so well yeah but eight on the main show ace I mean, on the main show yeah yeah so i mean just hope it gets the time enough time to tell the story but not too much time to be like well it did go on a bit they did a lot of stuff we didn't want to see but like I, I just i don't know that there is like the more and more you think about it the more and more intrigued you are to see oh, perhaps, you know it's a generational thing. I mean, Osprey is kind of now Jericho 20 years ago. Mm. Like, I mean, if you don't watch New Japan or Brit Wrestling or whatever, I mean, you don't know half the stuff Osprey does. But, like, he is a talented wrestler and probably one of the top five in the world. Mm. I, I think I'm trying to say that. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, it, you know. No, 100%. 100%. And, again, the intrigue... It's just going to be a, a fever pitch in this match. I, what the heck is going to happen here, <laughs> quite frankly? Well, I, I'm, again, it's one of them things where you just go, phones go in the pocket, and then you just enjoy what is in mm -hmm. front of you, and then think about it afterwards. Exactly. That's how I'm going to do it. I know you're doing it. No, 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 that's why I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably take a picture and just like on my phone and go, I'm actually about to see this, and then just, just, then just watch it. I just want yeah, to take it all in. Probably be the best way, yeah. So speaking of what the heck is going to happen, we've got a stadium stampede match on the show, which already at the time we're recording, there is a very heavily rumoured change to it. So yeah. at, at, at time of, of recording, the still currently announced match is Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Bros, Phoenix and Penta, and all three of the best friends, that being Trent, Chuck and Orange Cassidy, against the Blackpool Combat Club trio, of Moxley, Utah, and Claudio, because Danielson is still out injured, and three mystery partners. Now, per a lot of, um, I'll just say rumblings going on online, it sounds like Phoenix is not going to be on the show. Not because he's injured, allegedly because there may be some visa slash work permit issues, which we were talking off air. Considering he was on, I think, the first poster for All In being announced, it seems a little bit weird that this has only come up now as a problem. Well, I was just thinking while you were saying that, and again, we talked about this before we started, I, I wonder if there's something else there. Hmm. And I don't, I don't want to speculate, but like, it seems a bit weird that he's the only one that has visa issues. But that said, though, hopefully it's nothing bad that's coming. There's up. one, well, definitely. But one thing that bugs me about this match slightly, and this is me nitpicking, okay. but they have the international title that's not being defended on international soil. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's maybe, or, maybe Orange me. Cassidy will. Here's a, here's a dumb thought. Maybe what's going to happen is Orange Cassidy will defend a title on zero hour. <laughs> could possibly happen yeah, you'll just get added to another match or you know given now that phoenix isn't in the match do they reduce the numbers even more 
in the match yeah. or something. Maybe, who knows? But either way, the idea we're basically going to have an anarchy in the arena type match in a stadium. It, it, I don't know how the heck we're going to be able to keep track of it because when you're in Wembley, everybody, it's pretty damn big. But if- and how are they going to keep up with the action? Let's be honest. Exactly. That's the question. I know you very well. You want to know how they're going to produce the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, for those of you watching the video version, you can see Tom and I are on split screen, like our, our own respective homes. It's like, are they going to have a split screen in the stadium? Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> I think it's going to be the one where they're walking up the aisle next to us, because I guarantee you they'll end up next to us. It happens everywhere. <laughs> We'll, we'll make sure to, to do some kind of vlog that day to see if that actually happens, folks. But um, So I guess from your perspective, Tom, and that's it. If you know, don't like, you know, give it away or something. But any idea on who you think the three mystery people might be? Um, well, I guess first question, based on the contacts you have in the industry, I'll just put it that way. Do you probably know who's going to be involved in this match? I do. Okay. Well, I've been told something... And then um, I tend not to, like, I because, again, who I know and stuff, but I don't want to be like, oh, it's going to be such and such, and then look like an idiot on Sunday when they've changed it. Because, again, yeah. you mentioned there's going to be changes yesterday. But I'm just going to put out there that Santana is clear to wrestle. Hmm. Ortiz is coming over. So this, I w- see. To me, I was thinking in terms of other people not on the card. When did Santana get injured? It was blood and guts last year, wasn't it? Blood and guts in Detroit last year. Who had someone happened to be there on this very podcast? How convenient, right? How convenient. So yeah, it would be really cool if they were to come back. And in terms, again, folks, we should just should just say, don't know that for a fact. No, it's just kind again. of speculating, as it were. But I mean, even they've got like three silhouettes on the poster. I'm looking at it now. I can't actually figure out from the silhouettes who it's going to be. Yeah, but think, I mean, if, if they're sensible enough, they wouldn't put the actual silhouettes of the people because they then you'll get people like you've just done trying to figure out who it is and it ruins who it might be. I mean, mm. I could be completely wrong. But at the same time, you know, it, it could mm. be Santana and Ortiz. Those two don't get on, so it could be very mm. interesting. Exactly right. And I don't know if you've seen as well, but relating to this match, there was a video doing the rounds of, of Kenny Omega and Tony Khan announcing the Stadium Stampede Battle Royale mode coming to the AEW game fight forever. Like It's not on uh, there yet, I've just looked. Exactly. Like, they said within the next 24 hours, so in theory... By the time you're hearing this podcast, folks, it's probably likely already out, but it's not out at the time we're recording this. But there was a wonderful moment where Eddie Kingston was also in this promo. And he suddenly just came in and was like, told like, oh, you know, push it. And he's like, look, buy the game. Don't buy the game. I don't care. Have fun. You could tell there was that moment of, don't say don't buy the game. (laughs) But then he also just went, Claudio, Wembley, Stadium Stampede, I'm coming for you. Like, we're going to do this. So... I reckon I've seen that. It, 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 I'll, I'll send it to you after. It's a really, really fun little thing. It's on it's on the AEW Twitter. It's like an AEW games. Oh, okay, type I haven't thing. been on there this morning. To be fair, yeah, or, or, or X now, whatever the hell it's called. But um, but yeah, it's just a r- really fun little moment of Eddie Kingston just suddenly being in this in this promo, like with no warning and no expectation of it. But it's like MJF and Adam Cole did a promo for it a few weeks back, didn't they? Yeah, and no one expected that, and that was fun. So. Mm. 
So, I mean, you just mentioned MJ MJF and Adam Cole. We haven't actually talked about the tag, the ROH tag title match yet on the Zero Hour. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. So, uh, okay, let's just, we're not sort of doing, pre- I know we said we're not going to do predictions, but one oh, would assume. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we're not doing it today, but one would assume Aussie Open are going to retain. You just, uh, oh, you're going the other way, are you? Okay, well, let me finish I, my I, thought and then we'll come yeah, to you. On. So, I would say one would think Aussie Open retains because something happens leading to MJF and Cole breaking down, then changing the entire complexion of the main event. That's my initial assumption. Okay, and here's my... But I'm guessing you potentially have a thought it may go in a different direction on that, as in they may win. I think they may win. And but it's uh, somehow a dodgy finish. Don't ask me how. Like some, some, some skullduggery, let's say involved. Yes, some of that. And then the main event happens. I don't know. Like if we're going to do a prediction show later in the week, I'll think about it. But like one of them wins, and then they they then become enemies. But they're the Ring of Honor tag champs. And then you get the oh, it sets up something for all out. Which I think is probably the more logical assumption is that whatever happens relating to this at all in, it's going to impact all out in a yes. big way. I mean that that's next week, isn't it? That's right. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Literally a week literally a week away. It, it's pretty mental. So Elsewhere on the card, there's a couple more matches we've not talked about yet. Let, let's talk about the, the women's four-way match. We've got Hikaru Shida, Soraya, Tony Storm, and Britt Baker in a four-way for the women's world title. A bit of a random way to get here. Sort of the little tournament they set up where Tony Storm got a buy, the champion didn't type thing. It was a little bit random. But either way, I think this match is going to be good fun. I, I'm very curious to see what the response to Soraya is going to be. Because I can't figure out if it, she's just going to be completely cheered or is she just going to get booed out of the building? I think completely cheered, to be fair. I mean, I can't. I don't know when the last time she performed here was. But I remember watching her as a 14-year-old wrestling Worthing. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she was might have been younger than that, but I'm not sure. But this is going back a while. Mm. But, like, um, I would imagine it's going to be Aero's welcome debut. I mean... The, the interesting one for me is Tony Storm and this character that she seems to be telling it's to marry. It's so Monroe, good. Like, <laughs> before our very eyes. But um, we'll, we'll see. Like, that could be interesting too. It's such a fun character. I almost liken it to being... Uh, roll with me on this thought, but someone, uh, an, like a, an, ac- an actress way back in the day, like akin to like a Marilyn Monroe, just having yeah. like a conscience of, like just a, a crisis of conscience type thing, whatever the phrase is. Yeah. Just having like a proper breakdown, and it, it's such a fun character. And these promos that she's been doing on Collision with Lexi, where she just keeps throwing her shoes at her when she walks off the set, and and she keeps adding to the apparel that she's wearing, and it's mm-hmm. different apparel, and it's just like I'm, I'm waiting for her to come out with one of them long cigarettes in one of them plastic things that come out to about here or something, mm, like. like the old school cigarette holders. Yeah. yeah. And but the, but what this also raises the question because I'm not sure we've had it properly answered. What's like the, the status of the outcast as a faction at the moment? Because since well, she lost the together, belt, yeah, but since she's lost the belt, it, it's almost like we have she's two different Tony Storms. Yeah, she's lost the plot. Yeah, so it's it's just really. I don't good know. Fun. I mean, 
if anyone is going to leave that faction, I would imagine it is going to be Ruby Soho because she seems to have got lost in that. In I, opinion, I, I, I love Ruby's current character of just, just yeah, I know, but again, she sort of she sort of seems to be behind Soraya and Tony Storm on the pecking order of that group. Like when it mm. started, they're all sort of on the same thing, yeah. and now it all seems a bit all over the shop. So yeah, I mean, in relation to this match. I think, I mean, I really hope this happens. I want Jamie Hayter to come out with Britt. I know she's going to be off the show injured, but... No, I think she'll be there. Yeah, if there's ever a time to have Jamie Hayter appear, it would be during this match. At the I very least. Think, I don't think she can do, even do a run-in from one. Oh, no, I, I mean just actually coming to the ring with her. Yeah. Like not even doing anything action-orientated, as it were, because yeah. of the shoulder. But uh, I really want to see her appear there. But I think this match is going to be good fun, though. I think... I, I mean, not doing predictions. I can't really figure out which way it's going to go, but I am looking forward to this. Ah, uh, I see. Uh, for, for the benefit of the audio listeners, you were motioning something there. Three yeah, particular. Indeed. I was going to say three particular letters, but you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's my prediction. There you go. So, by my count, we have two more matches to go. So let's let's focus on the real world championship match. This being CM Punk defending against Samoa Joe, the king of television. Yes. I, I've i really enjoyed the short build-up to this match of Joe just coming out. No, I know, but it's just the way Joe was coming out and basically just going like, Punk, you're like, you owe me a match. I'm going to destroy you at Wembley. Answer me, champ. And then he just ends up coming out and choking out Punk and stuff. And then what they did on Collision with the Golden Vampire, like going back to the whole Conquistador thing in WWF. Just so simple, so effective. And then Punk basically going, you're on, bitch, as a response. It's like, perfect. That's all I need. <laughs> but again, and and this is, again, like the six man we were talking about earlier. If you don't know, there is three matches from 2003, 2004? 2004, I want to say. Like that. They had a trio of matches, and I believe two of them went to time minute draws. Is that right? Two were sixty-minute draws, and then the final one was at the All-Star Extravaganza. Was like show. was like half an hour though, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so th- there is history between these two, and I mean, it it goes all over the wrestling landscape in America, the Indies in the early two thousands. Um, uh, also over here because there was the international showdown at the Co- Coventry Sky Dome, where there was Joe and Punk, and Punk couldn't get the win. Yeah, because they were building and building to Punk not being able to beat Joe, which is like kind of Raven and Tommy Dreamer from ECW, mm-hmm. where Tommy Dreamer could never beat Raven. So he kind of built on that until Tommy Dreamer did beat him like 20 years later. Mm. So um, it doesn't need any build-up for me. And if you haven't seen those matches, um, they must be on the ROH wrestling thing, I would assume. I'd imagine they're definitely probably on Watch ROH, but there must be like at the very least some like highlight packages on the ROH on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... And, and now, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but to get to see the fourth match, I mean, we've just said there was more matches. Well, don't forget, it was also where, the Owen Hart tournament match as well. Well, there, that's what I'm saying. It's the fourth fourth match in the Ring of Honor AEW realm, if you include the Ring of Honor matches from 2004. It, it, it would be the fifth, then. Because three so matches in ROH. Owen Hart well, I'm sure there's a lot more, to be fair. If we oh, yeah, but, but in, in the pantheon of the ROH lineage, this is match five, as it were. Okay, well, anyway, we get to see one. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I feel quite privileged, so, yeah, cool. 
Yeah. And you know what as well? I mean, obviously the reaction to Punk, I'm, I don't know, quite frankly. Who, who knows at this point what the reaction is going to be? But just the spectacle of this match, it's just going to be great fun. Even if this only goes, say, 10, 15 minutes, this is just going to be great fun. Can I just add? Yes. Uh, there was an ROH shoot interview, straight shooting, they used to call them. It's so good. Uh, you know where I'm going is. Um, and they, they were like the shoot interview series before, like, everyone had a podcast. Yeah. It, it, it was the ROH, for a little bit of history lesson, folks, it was, the, it was an ROH DVD series, which they called Straight Shooting, which was their shoot interviews, because you had other places like RF Video doing shoot interviews, but it's a oh, Ring of Honor's yeah. version of it. And they did a, a, a dual one with CM Punk and Samoa Joe, where they actually talk about their three matches and kind of how they they came about with a lot of stuff. And quite frankly, all the, the, the pitfalls they had to go through, because they were both injured for a lot of those matches. And one of them was like, uh, it wasn't supposed to happen straight away. And then because mm. Steve Carino pulled out of a show, uh, he they, got called Gabe to Japan, like, I think it was. You've got two weeks and you're wrestling da da da. And, and there's a joke about Joe having to do cardio. But go and find that. Cause <laughs> I know for a fact that's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's watch. worth watching that interview if you've got a few hours to kill. It's genuinely really good fun. Like, stop this... watching this and go watch that, then come back. I'll wait. Sure. Sure, I guess. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, no, but just this match, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not particularly fussed what the reaction is. I just want to see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, I couldn't give two hoots. Like, who comes out to what? Um, mm. I think at this stage, he gets, like, the Cena reaction, I suppose it's called, where mm. certain people will boo, certain people will cheer. I mean, Joe is a heel heel, so, I mean... Yeah, but, but Joe's a cool heel, you know? Um, yeah, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> And then the final match that we have not talked about in any capacity yet, which in itself had a bit of a curveball thrown at it this past weekend, this being the AEW World Tag Team title match, the Young Bucks taking on FTR. How the dickens did we not get to that till the end? I kind of purposefully waited until the end because I just thought, you know what? Of all the matches on the show, that being despite the fact we've got the Stadium Stampede match where seemingly Phoenix now won't be on it, I think this match has probably got the most intrigue just because we don't know if the status is going to change between today when they're recording Dynamite and Collision in America until the Sunday. Something could happen. Hopefully not. From what I'm aware of, they're coming over tomorrow after Collision. I think they're flying over after the double tape, the triple taping if you include Rampage, I think, yeah. I think they're coming over on Thursday after they've done the tapings for this week's TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're all going to be here Friday. So we should know by sort of Friday evening who's here and who's not. And if mm. there is going to be any major changes, which let's hope there's. Really hope there isn't. And Joe, actually, before we get to the match itself, I saw some. I saw a hot take online, which was dangerous enough to see, but someone said... All In is the most cursed show in history. To which my reaction was, well, I didn't respond to it, but my oh, initial I thought was, but my initial thought was, do you not remember the first Forbidden Door? <laughs> that was that was a cursed show in terms of build up. But I, I don't know why people were saying that. But it's just oh, go on. Well, because originally we were going to get Dragon Kenny two. Yeah, but then again. I no, think- that, but I, I don't necessarily call that a curse, though, because 
that was just a freak accident in a match. Like that happens. I think there was other things planned that okay. we don't know about and I don't know about. So um I I don't know. I mean it uh, it's kind of a shame we don't get Dragon V Kenny. Yeah. at the same time I'm overly fast. But I mean I mean the matches we have got and back to FTR and the Young Bucks. Match three. I'm sure there's gonna be other matches, but this one's gonna be the this one should be like third from the end or potentially the second one from the end for the main event. Yeah. But I mean wrestling sort of works on the high low doesn't it like so yeah. you have a high match then sort of a, a come down and then an up but a lot of in these matches the are theory, all ups yeah in theory you want some kind of buffer just to allow time to breathe as it were yeah i mean they could do like um i don't know as, as i say like every match has something they may have like not announced the card till two weeks before they may have not been very clear with what was going to happen but if you just generally sit there for a minute and look at the card, it's probably one of the best cards in the world for a show. It's that's so good. good. And yeah, the fact that I people mean, are being negative towards it. Like, I think someone... Yeah, that's just people. Well, yeah, but it's like one another random hot take I saw, which I didn't respond to, was someone just saying like, oh, this is a solid show. Not bad for the biggest show ever. And it's like, solid? Are you kidding me? This looks amazing. Yeah, I... So I think there is generally... Too many people being negative for the sake of being negative. Agreed. And, like, I don't know if it was you I had this conversation with the other day. I'm not sure. But I was saying to someone, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have had found out any of half the stuff we know. And we would have just gone to the show and been like, wow, again, such and such and such and such. And just enjoyed the show. Whereas now, too much social media, too many people with an opinion. And I mean, I know this is what we're doing, but we're not slating anything. We're just, for the most but, but, part. I mean, I do I have think, a bit of a whinge, but like... Mm, but I think... I think different... Go on, sorry. I think, like, there is too many people that just sit at home thinking, how can I be negative today? Whereas in actual fact, what Ian Riccoboni says, enjoy wrestling and happy wrestling. Because at the end of the day, exactly. it is just entertainment. Like, like, come on. Exactly. And... Again, uh, now, everything I have said on this show is my genuine feeling. I'm really excited about this show. No, let alone just for the spectacle of it, but the matches we're getting, it's going to be insane. And this may be one of the few times I will go back and actually watch how the show looks on TV that I was at. Because I don't tend to go back and watch stuff massively, but I'm just very curious to see the spectacle of it on TV as well. Well, I was going to say to you, when we get back to the hotel room, we can watch it. <laughs> we'll just we'll buy it we'll buy the replay on fight as I'm well. on board. oh there you go fair all right absolutely fair so but but the, now ftr and young bucks we sort of grazed over that as it were yeah back to them this match is gonna be such good fun i'm i'm so excited for it the fact we get to see this match let alone in the stadium again we just get to see this match it's gonna be so so good i've already got a prediction on what is gonna happen and i think i do wonder if a certain news that broke over the weekend may influence that quite a bit who knows we'll talk about that later in the week but either way and sort of going back to what i was saying earlier about that dynamic of the mjf danielson match where i went into it kind of having a bit of a weird feeling and it's like just trust what's in front of me just take it in enjoy it lap it up and such it's going to be so so good and i can't wait for it but then like you said 
where the heck's it, where the heck is all this going to be on the card? How is this all going to stack up? Yeah, I mean, I, my assuming feeling is that Jericho kicks off the show because I mean, he kicks off most pay per views. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that recently. Uh, fair point, actually, fair point. Uh, I mean, I could see him being on first or second. Hmm. I mean, yeah, he's one of those cards where just while we've been doing this and me thinking about it, like where does everything sort of slot in? Because as I was saying, like wrestling usually goes, you have a high match and then you have like a match where people can sort of come down a bit. Hmm. Where does that happen on this card? Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine if we're going to get any... Stadium stampede? Uh, that that would just go on for like an hour. Um, <laughs> but uh, I imagine if we're going to get any breaks on this show, we might have people coming to the ring to do like a promo or something. Like it wouldn't surprise me, for example, if say like a Brian Danielson comes over. So he, he was coming. on. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So he's like on the show in some capacity, as it were. I can imagine we may get a couple of moments like that. It also wouldn't surprise me if we end up getting some kind of thing involving Tony Khan directly on the show. Like, maybe he comes out on the, the the ramp and says something, like, thank you for being here type thing. I mean, I think there is one more match to come. Mm. I, uh, I imagine this isn't the complete card. I think there's one match to come. And I think that might be the match that they shove in between two high-profile matches, which I'm not going to discuss with you now, because I'm not 100% sure. Okay, well, uh, okay, so, okay, we've got multiple thoughts in my brain. So, first of all, a couple of questions now. Is MJF and Adam Cole the main event closing match on the show, in your opinion? Yes or no? I say yes. Ah, I think it has to be. Yeah. Okay. There's, no, there's, there's no... Unless they do Stadium Stampede last, but with the, the way that's been built and the participants in it, I don't think that goes on last. Hmm. Unless there is, like... Unless the mystery people, who I know we've sort of talked about a little bit already who it could be, unless whoever they are are going to have such a groundswell of, oh my god, what... I don't see that being on last, <laughs> as you're throwing up a, uh, a wolf pack sign, as it were. A too sweet sign. No, that's not what I was going for, but go on. Oh, well, there you go. So, in terms of other matches potentially being announced, I don't know. Well, right, I'll be more specific. I, th- I just think there will be at least one or two more matches, at least on zero hour. At the very least. I just I don't see the whole MJF Adam Cole tag match going an hour. Especially if they've got to do the main event that night. Yeah, but also, my point being uh, is I think we're going to get the acclaimed and someone, the uh, House of Black. But yeah. My point with my point is, like, they've, they've specifically said it was the only match on Zero Hour last week on one of the TVs. Oh, that, that was actually specifically said, that, was that, it? I yeah, I can't that. remember if it was actually Dynamite or Collision or Rampage or something like that. Mm. But, like, they, they said it was the only match. And they only have one match in San Francisco on zero hour. Hmm. So, I mean... Entirely possible. Hopefully we're wrong, because, you know, but at the same time, if that... Again, he said he's going to change some of it, so... So, yeah, we'll we'll touch on that point in a second, but going back to the potential trios title match, if there was going to be one more match on, a trios title match seems very likely based on the whole build-up and whatnot, of which, if the acclaimed aren't on this show in any capacity... I will be shocked, quite frankly. Um, yeah, so would I. But at the same time... Oh my God, Tom, the way you've said that. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I don't, I don't want to know what you may know. So, uh, well, I, um, I, You already know what I know. 
Because you can't remember what we discussed because it was a while ago. Uh, the, um, mate, you, you tell me a lot of stuff off air. I'll tell you that much. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I'm just saying, yeah, I would be shocked if the acclaims went on it in some form or fashion, even if it was to set up for All Out the week after. Which I I hope this. Sh- okay, what's the way to phrase this? We know for a fact at least one or two things are pretty going to impact All Out the following weekend. I don't think this show should be used to specifically initiate something. Oh, I don't out. think it'll be used as that. I think they will yeah. try and build something out of certain things, but like, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Card changes. Yeah. <laughs> there is some... Based on something that Tony Khan said in the media call, he implied one or two things may be getting changed. Any thoughts on what that may be or how significant of a change it may be? Well, I don't think he can remove matches as mm. such. He can change participants, which in the case of Phoenix is probably going to happen. Mm. But um, I think the only way he can change matches is to move them on to zero out. Because mm. I think at this point, if he was to say, right, this one's not happening, there, I mean, and also depending on which one he said wasn't happening, I don't think he's going to cancel anything as such. I think so, it's just good. I was going to say, based on my experience being at Forbidden Door when the Adam Cole and Tom Lawler match didn't happen, it wasn't announced in the building at all. We we found out on Twitter waiting in line to get in that that match wasn't happening. So... Oh, I know, because you text me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the, the reason I mentioned that... I already that is, knew. <laughs> well, there you go, right? There you go. Um... But yeah, so I guess we'll sort of start winding this down to a close now. But either way, even if there are some card changes, even if things are switched around a little bit, I'm genuinely really excited for the show yes. this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. As I texted yesterday, I can't wait for it to get here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just hope that it doesn't rain. Yeah, do you know what I'm going to do? Based on, let's have a look now. This will be out of date in a couple of hours, but based on my weather app, let's have a look at what the current forecast is for Sunday. It currently says cloudy. Yeah, I can deal with cloudy, and I can deal with a little bit of rain, but I don't want it monsooning like it was down here. <laughs> but at the same time, did you look at them pictures I sent you last time? This is. Totally irrelevant of anything. I was going to say, I need a bit more context that, mate, but sure, uh, go the, for the it. The pictures of them setting up the stadium. Right, yeah. So there have been some pictures uh, sort of doing the rounds online of someone inside. And, yeah. uh, I mean, there isn't much to note. They've they've got a, a I'm just saying the they've ring. got a cover for the ring. That was what I was getting to. Yeah. So it's not just going to be open, which is good. Yeah. So if we get wet, that doesn't really matter. Yeah, so there's sort, of, there's sort of two schools of thought to that as well. I and mean, we'll probably close out on this because Wembley does have a roof, but it doesn't, as far as I'm aware, cover the entire stadium. It basically covers like a bit of the lower tier. So the actual pitch, if you were playing a football match, is open plan, for want of a better phrase. So we're that in is the probably... undercover bit, so we're all right. There you go. So it, it, that, that specifically is probably a mixture of both being like lighting from above for the ring specifically and such and like technical, maybe big screens and whatnot, but also just to act as a potential slight rain cover for the ring. Well, from where we were a week ago when I texted you, this is going to rain. So where <laughs> it might just be cloudy, I can deal with cloudy. And we don't want it to be too hot because if we're going to be sitting there for 
five or six hours. Like, mm. we don't want to be sweating through everything. So, yeah, just fingers crossed. I mean, if there's a little bit of rain, exactly. I can deal with that. But Exactly. Really- yeah. yeah, and in terms of merchandise stuff like Wembley Arena, uh, Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium itself put out a big thing in the last day or so, kind of saying a bit of like an FAQ. It sounds like merch is going to be available from 11 a.m. And Tony Khan himself, on a, I think it was on a, a CNBC TV interview, literally yeah. said, Don't worry, I'm bringing over a lot of shirts. So, yeah, it's a t shirt company, you remember? Yeah, well, one would hope they would have enough t shirts. You know, if you've got 80,000 people, seemingly, you want to probably accommodate for the fact people may want to buy at least two shirts, I would say. Well, that's how I would go about it. It's like, okay, best case scenario, everyone wants to buy two shirts, so you bring that amount of t-shirts. If in doubt, I'm sure they'll be available online after the fact, but there is an element of... It's not the same, though, is it? No, that's the thing. It's not. It's not. But, um, but Tom, with that being said, we're going to wrap up now, so any... Any sort of closing thoughts before we do any more podcasts this week about All In This Weekend? And, of course, ahead of Dynamite airing tonight. Um, I just hope everyone gets here safely for Friday and Saturday and hope everyone has a nice time. Indeed. Completely agree. We're going to be there. I know Ian is going to be there as well, as will Harriet, who has done some podcasts as well. Uh, to be quite frank, it's probably easier to ask who isn't going to be at All In at this point. And, uh, Our what, brother Matthew's not going to be there. Yeah, shout out to our friend Matthew, actually, who, um, yeah, going through some he, he stuff. Be yeah. Best wishes. But but what I um, what I will say as well, I haven't actually told you this, Tom, but we may try and do like a little video vlog thing throughout the day of All In. Sort of going yeah, to in charge of that then. Yeah, leave that with me. But don't be surprised if I suddenly shove, shove a camera in your face is what I'm saying. So <laughs> at some point. So we will see what happens there, folks. But in the way, hotel room. There you go. Yeah, we will be doing some like post-show stuff as well. We're probably going to be. I imagine we may do a little bit of a podcast talking about the Rev Pro show from the night before as well, because that's going to be worth talking about. We're going to try and do some kind of all-in post-show recording, as it were. I don't know if that's going to be live or not, but we're going to record something immediately after the fact, and then during the week after, like a few days' grace, as it were, after we've digested everything that's happened, we may do like another big review as well here on the podcast. I'm sure there's going to be more stuff like a prediction show we want to do. Expect lots more podcasts coming very, very soon, folks. But either way, thank you very much for listening and or watching. A reminder, if you're a first-time listener, we hope you enjoy the show. And if you did, why not tell a friend? And if you feel so inclined, be it on YouTube or on your audio podcast provider of choice, hit that subscribe button. From myself, Jeremy Graves. From him, Tom Limbury. We've been Bunker Mania Wrestling. If we don't see you before then, we'll see you at All In at Wembley Stadium. Take care, folks. <laughs>